Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. You know, I'm just thinking how different... I used to do shows the morning after elections when I was on political talk radio, but I don't do that anymore. So here we are, the Wednesday edition of Markets and Mortgages. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley, and uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, because that's always an important thing to do on a podcast or any broadcast system. Uh, there's not a lot actually going on. Yeah, you know, usually it's always like the 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 kind of um, default saying that I always say here on the podcast, and I hate when I say it because it's so cliche. And it's uh, there's a lot going on, so here we are. We're going to talk about. It. Well, of course, there's a lot going on. You know, then why would you even be doing a podcast if there wasn't a lot going on? However, in this case, there is not a lot going on. Um, it is a very very boring week for data, and you know, we usually get one of these weeks in a month, right? You know, usually at the beginning of the month, you know, we, we have jobs week and then, you know, towards the end of the week, we get all the housing data case Schiller, you get, um, you know, the FHFA report, you get consumer confidence. There's just a lot of data at the end of the week. Um, but there's always one or end of the month and there's always one week where it's just a bad week. And this week seems particularly bad. I don't know if it's because, there's just so much happening with the elections. Everyone's focusing on politics right now. And then on top of it, at the end of the week, it's a Veterans Day. It's a holiday. So there's not going to be any data released on Friday. And so, I don't know. It's just, it's a very boring week. And I was scouring the internet trying to find something of value. And I, well, this one actually wasn't that hard. So uh, there was a new report at Redfin looking at new construction. And in the third quarter, new construction made up a very large percentage of new homes on the market. And that makes a lot of sense. So we're going to get into that in a second. So there was that report that was important. There's a little report from Zillow that, I don't know, I guess we can talk about it. And then we'll kind of talk about really what's not happening this week. (laughs) There's really not a lot going on, but it's not going to be a long show is what I am telling you. So we'll start with this Redfin report looking at inventory. So, you know, we've been paying attention to the Altos data that we get every week looking at inventory, and it has been rising, you know, not this week, but it's it's risen a little bit higher than Mike Simonson at Altos thought was going to happen. But he was always projecting, you know, higher inventory levels than last year, but still from historical perspective, extremely low. So we always knew inventory levels were going to be low. We have seen them rise a little bit. But the one thing that Simonson has mentioned and others is that a lot of these uh, new homes or these, I should say, homes coming to market are not from people selling their homes. Uh, People are looking at the market. They're realizing that buyer demand has plummeted 90% in some markets and more. And that means people are like, well, why would I, why am I gonna put my home on the market right now? I don't have to, I have a low interest rate. I can afford my payment. Things are good. I don't need to sell my home. And you know, once again, the exact opposite of 2008 where people were hoping that someone were dying 
and hoping that someone would buy their home to avoid a foreclosure. That is not the case now. So what's happening is you're not seeing a lot of buyers, but you're not seeing a lot of sellers. So these homes that are coming to market are coming from builders, new home construction. And in the third quarter, according to Redfin, 29% of U.S. single family homes for sale in the third quarter were new construction. That is up from 25% in the third quarter of 2021 and up from 18% in the third quarter of 2020, which makes a lot of sense because if you think about 2020's third quarter, we were coming out of you know the the beginning of the pandemic and there was like no economic activity. So that that kind of makes a lot of sense that it was so low in 2020, but here's a kind of important stat. This was the highest share of any third quarter on record and comparison to the highest share of any quarter on record was 34%. So, yeah, we're not even in 30% yet, but a big jump nonetheless. I think they argued that usually the beginning of the year, the first quarter, is when you see a lot of homes come to market and then they kind of fade away as the year goes on. And so it is kind of a weird thing that we're seeing all of these homes come to market for a lot of reasons. One, once again, um, a lot of people just aren't listing their homes. So you're seeing really only one source produce these 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 homes for inventory and that would be builders but also of course the fact that a lot of these supply chains are fixing themselves and so these builders who started projects a year if not longer ago are now finally finishing those projects and so they're putting more homes on the market and not surprisingly the housing markets that took off during the pandemic boom are the areas where you're seeing a lot of homes come to market that are from builders. I mean, it makes sense, right? That's where they saw the hot markets. That's where they were going to build. Leading the way in the third quarter was El Paso, Texas, where newly built single family homes made up half of all homes for sale, which is, that's a pretty big number. Half of all the uh, homes Uh, that are available are coming from builders. Oklahoma City took the number two spot at 43%, uh, followed by Omaha at 40%, and then Raleigh, yep, right here in North Carolina at 39%, and then Houston at 37%. So clearly Texas is one of the states that saw a huge boom from the pandemic, and so not surprisingly, very represented in the housing markets that we are seeing a lot of builders complete homes and put them on the market. And this is concerning for builders. There's no doubt. And in fact, this has created a situation where builders are really pulling a complete 180. So if you remember during the craziness of the pandemic, you know, builders were offering no incentives. <laughs> they weren't even guaranteeing the house would be done on time. It was like you were lucky if they would even allow you to give them your money. I mean, it was just, everyone was just needed a home. I mean, there was a crazy low inventory levels and builders had the key <laughs> to getting literally and figuratively uh, to people getting in homes. And well, Now things are the exact opposite. Builders are concerned. Now, of course, it's important to remember that builders are in a much, much 
better position than they were in 2008. They were not ready for that. They are more than prepared for what is happening right now. They are most builders are sitting on a pile of cash. They are not over leveraged. They remembered what happened in 2008 and protected themselves, but they are sitting on probably more inventory than they would like. So they are now beginning to offer incentives for not only builders or excuse me, not only realtors, but buyers, or I should have reversed that, not just buyers, but also realtors. So builders are offering, this is according to Faith Floyd, a Redfin real estate agent in Houston, who said that builders are offering to buy down the buyer's mortgage rate by about one and a half points. And I've seen, she says, at least one offer of a $10,000 check for closing costs and a $3,000 gift card and a free fridge. So they are sweetening the deal for these potential buyers saying, hey, listen, buy from us and we're gonna help you out. We'll buy down your rate. We'll, we'll help pay some closing costs, whatever it may be. And like I mentioned, realtors are also being looked at as a way for them to move some of this inventory with Floyd saying that builders are offering agents a 5% commission up from 0% during the pandemic. So that's, that is quite the jump and usually the typical 3% that you see uh, as well as a bonus of around $6,000. So realtors who can move product, builders are rewarding that. Uh, but here's the troubling part. So we've talked about this before. Sure, right now d demand is very depressed. And so it is creating a situation where builders are concerned. So what are they more than likely going to do? Well, this glut of new construction inventory, I should say, is going to create a situation where builders are not going to want to build. They're not going to feel confident. That's a problem because we are underbuilt by what, about 4 million homes across the country. And I get it. I get why builders don't want to build right now. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. They don't know what's going to be happening in the market. So I get it. But it sucks because that means that home prices are going to stay elevated, if not continue to go up. Taylor Marr, deputy chief economist at Redfin, saying in a statement, quote, home builders will take on fewer new projects next year as they focus on getting their existing projects sold. Builders will also shift more towards multifamily units for which there is still relatively high demand because rents remain high for now. There's a lot of evidence out there that household formation isn't just slowing, but is falling in some cases. So we could see rents pull back, which could pull builders back from not only single family, but multifamily projects, which sucks because once things normalize in the housing market, when we see rates fall, demand is going to pick back up again and there's not going to be any inventory out there and we're going to have a crazy imbalance once again. And that's what sucks. I don't know, I don't know how you avoid that. How do you avoid the cycle that we're in where all of a sudden it's not a good time to buy. So builders aren't building. And then all of a sudden it becomes a good time to buy, but because no one was building inventory levels have not risen with population. So you have a housing shortage, which pushes prices up as prices go up. It makes affordability worse, which of course, then pushes down demand. And then as demand gets pushed down, builders are like, well, I'm not going to build because demand's been pushed down. 
and then they stop building and then it's not a good time to buy it's uh i don't know i don't know how you get off this cycle but that's the one that we unfortunately are currently on now speaking of buyers real quick here um i mentioned the zillow press release where they uh, are obviously interviewing real estate agents and it's a you know zillow survey of real estate agents and it finds common misconceptions about would-be buyers Nearly half of agents, 46%, say the biggest misconception among aspiring home buyers is that home prices will fall significantly, while more than a third of agents, 35%, say prospective buyers mistakenly think they should wait for high mortgage rates to come down. And, you know, I mean, this just kind of goes to what I always say here on the podcast, which is don't try and time the market. It's impossible. I don't care what you're buying, I don't care if you're buying houses. I don't care if you're buying Bitcoin. I don't care if you're buying stocks, bonds. I don't care. Do not try and time it. If it's a good investment, buy it. If it's not, don't. But don't be like, well, I'm going to wait and try and get a better deal. Because the pros cannot do this. I mean, this cannot be stressed enough. People who do this for a living, these are people who make millions of dollars and have millions of dollars of research at their fingertips, they have more information than we could possibly fathom, and they cannot time the market. So we definitely cannot. <laughs> you know, these people, they read like a one Yahoo News article about the housing market and how rates are gonna fall or how prices are gonna do this, and they're like, I think I figured it out. I think that I'm going to wait. And it's like, I mean, like I said, if it doesn't make sense to buy, if you don't, you know, if, if, if you're, you don't like the house if you, you know, just aren't comfortable with the mortgage payment, then don't make the, then don't then don't do it. But if everything else works out, you're like, "Oh, I love this house. I can afford this mortgage payment. I'm comfortable with this mortgage payment, but I think rates are going to fall or I think prices are going to fall." It's it's not going to work. I mean, for you know, 1% of people they successfully timed the market. And it's not because they know what they're doing, it's because they got lucky. But the people that try and time the market, it just, it, it's it's not gonna go your way, okay? So I would, my, my whole point with this would be just don't try and, and, and time the market. All right, before we go, it's a very slow week. Uh, everyone's paying attention to politics right now, but we do have mortgage demand that will be out later today mortgage demand and rates for the last week. And then Thursday's the big day. Thursday is the Mac Daddy. We got the consumer price index, which is expected to fall eight or two eight percent. <laughs> Not eight percent. Whoa, that would be a big report. That would be a very big report. Uh it's expected to fall to eight percent and core inflation is also expected to fall to six point five percent. Which is kind of a big deal because the last report core inflation actually went up even though the top line number fell. So big CPI report on Thursday. We also got jobless claims on Thursday. Of course, they're projected to rise, even though they never seem to do. And then on, oh, of course, Thursday, we also get mortgage data from Freddie Mac. And then on Friday, we got um, some GDP numbers, not from the US, but from the UK, which are kind of important because um, you know UK's economy is having some problems. <laughs> So it's important to know what's going on globally. But other than that, it's kind of a slow week. So if you check out, I I, I don't blame you. It's all right. We'll be back next week. I'm, I'm going to keep doing podcasts. I'm just saying, if you want to check out, 
I'm sure next week will there'll be a lot more going on. Um, but you guys enjoy all the election coverage that is have all the results. Everyone giving you an analysis on why this happened and why this person won and why this person lost and what this means going forward. And realize that pretty much all of it's not going to be true. But enjoy it. We'll talk to you on Thursday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait.